Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. Back in the day, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, and, you know, we would go to college, and we, well, occasionally somebody would roll up a, a J, and we'd go, hey, I got, I got a date, I'm going to take this along, you know, uh, maybe she'll puff a little bit, and okay, it's kind of turned on, I'll, I'll get lucky, you know, you never know, um, you know, maybe I'll get to, like, first base or something. Um, Ashley Manta? Ashley no. Manta? <laughs> Ashley Manta. Um, you are the, you, you gave us the word canisexual. You probably look back at, at a memory like that and say, oh, God, what, what, did they have phones back then? <laughs> you know, did people like have cars? The world has changed in terms of cannabis and sexuality. The world has changed in many ways, but in a lot of ways it stayed the same. People have been using cannabis as an aphrodisiac for thousands of years, so I am not bringing anything revolutionary to the table. The difference for me is in my approach. So we weren't actually just making it up back then. It actually might have done something. I don't think it did, but it, <laughs> but it might have. It could have. Wow, okay. You are known as, as America's High Priestess of Pleasure. That's quite a title to carry with you. I mean, is it exhausting to, like, you know, um, drive your car going, I just want to be... I just want to, I just want to lie on the couch for a while. No more pleasure today. <laughs> do you have a custom license plate? <laughs> I do not have a custom license plate. I very seriously considered it, and then somebody pointed out, like, do you want people to know that? Like, right, right. And be able to, like, creepily you, stalk you? You will notice that no custom license plate that says hot babe ever has a hot babe in it. Never. It's usually a guy. Right? It's, it's false advertising. So <laughs> it is a, it's a heavy burden to bear, but no, I'm, I'm insatiable. I am a total professional hedonist. I'm a voluptuary. I love pleasure and luxury all day, every day. I masturbate every day. If I could be having sex every day, I would be like, there's never a time when I'm like, oh, I have to have sex. Like, no, that doesn't happen. I'm like, yay, I get to have sex again. You said you're Sicilian. Do you come from a Catholic background? I do come from a Catholic okay, background. Okay, so um, uh, so where where's the guilt? <laughs> I've shed it over the years. Um, I do. I kept the uh, schoolgirl skirt, though. You know that works for me. You're clearly not married, then. I am not married. <laughs> Never married. No kids. I'm like practically a virgin. <laughs> That's why you still like sex, probably. You know the difference between um, <laughs> Catholic guilt and Jewish guilt? Tell me. Catholics feel guilty because they were born. Jews feel guilty because they're alive. Oh, interesting. The more you think about it, the more it has depth. It really does. That yeah, works on I, several I, levels. <laughs> um, my most recent ex is a Jewish man, and I can definitely see the differences in our shame in, in how we related to each other. How did you get into this um, business? <laughs> Monkey business? <laughs> All of those things. I actually started out as a, a sexual and reproductive um, health educator early on in my career, and I was a sexual and relationship violence prevention educator back 12 years ago. I wanted to do victim advocacy, rape crisis counseling, like really help people with the more difficult sides of being human, dealing with trauma, integrating that into your overall narrative and moving forward with your life. And it was such powerful work. And I burned out, as, as so many do in, in that field. And so I decided 
I really like sexuality, but I want to focus on the more pleasurable side of sexuality, the fun stuff, dirty talk, hand jobs, body confidence, orgasms, lube. And once I started focusing on that, I found so much more opportunity for sustainability long term because there were always new and interesting facets to look into when it came to sex and sexuality um, from a a joy-focused perspective. And four, five years ago or so, I started consuming cannabis with a mind for how can I help this, how can I use this to help my trauma healing journey? Like very intentionally. I had smoked weed in college. I was a philosophy major, so, you know, of course. And when I moved to California, I had access to medical cannabis. When previously I lived in Pennsylvania, I was in a prohibition state. And only recently did I get a medical program. Me too. Nice. Pennsylvania? Philly. Oh, my God. I went to college and grad school outside of Philly. I was at Westchester and uh, St. Joe's. Okay. Yeah. Small world. Love that. So when I moved to California, I was still having pain with penetration, which is a very common thing because I myself am a sexual assault survivor. And that's kind of what drew me to that field to begin with. And I found this company called Foria that was making a THC infused oil for We've vulvas. Matthew on the show. Yeah. Oh, you've had. Oh, wonderful. Matthew is such a delight. And so when I found that product back in what, 2014, I was able to have penetrative sex without pain for the first time in my adult life. And my mind was blown. This was a game changer for me. And I realized that there were no sex educators that I knew of who were talking about using cannabis to enhance pleasure, talking about consent, talking about trauma, talking about how to negotiate and figure out what are the best products for you. Like, it's not about just getting stoned and boning. Like, that's fine. People can do that, but they don't need me for that. That's that's a very easy, straightforward task. But If you want to do it well, if you want to maximize your sensory experience and deepen your connection in a very intentional way, that's where I come in. Um, Sexual problems are rarely spoken of. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find, I mean, you you do, you you have the Elevated Intimacy Academy. Yes. You do lectures, you do hands-on, as it were. (laughs) Um, you, You do, you do. You're out there in the world of, is it hard to get people to open up? It is sometimes. People have a lot of shame and are very shut down about their experiences and especially around their sexuality. But what I've found in my willingness to be vulnerable and transparent very publicly on the internet, in my columns, in my workshops, I share very openly about my experiences. What I've seen is that it gives people permission to do the same. And they're like, oh, She's talking about this stuff. She's having these kinds of experiences. She's, you know, not a supermodel with, you know, like a six-figure income and and two kids and married and monogamous. And her life looks pretty cool. Like maybe my life doesn't have to look a certain way. And maybe I can step into ownership of what works for me. And people seem to be inspired by what I'm up to, which makes you me know, really happy. I always think of the old Woody Allen line about how unless sex is dirty, there's no pleasure. Um, you've transcended that. It, or, or is it still a little dirty? I mean, it's dirty if you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I was a phone sex operator for a year. I love dirty talk and I love, you know, kinky, naughty role play and that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be dirty in the context of shame or like dirty wrong bad it can be like naughty it can be 
ooh, scandalous and fun and playful without having the like, oh, I can't do that. Like, that's mm, bad, wrong. Can't. Or as so many of us have heard, the word hurts, hurts. You know, it's like, it's, it's uh, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, not very subtle signals that, that let, let your partner know um, nothing's working and they're not happy. And can you, can you, can you go away now? No. <laughs> I really encourage partners to be more transparent and communicative about those things. If something's not working to be able to say, hey, partner. I need more lube. I need you to get off my hair. I need the a position change. Or I'm feeling complete with this whole thing. I'd like to do something else now. Like I think it's very reasonable to make those requests, and yet we're so shut down around them. We're so uh, we have this tendency to endure touch and endure sexual experiences, or try to hasten their ending so that they, we can be done. And I would much rather create a space where. Hey, I'm feeling good now. I'm. I think I'm ready to be be done. What do you need to like close it out and and to just say it, say the things that you're afraid to say. Well, I think no one taught us any of this. It's all self learned or taught yeah. or you know in the moment. Or what really is it's it's unmentioned. Right, right. It wasn't unmentionable. I think in nowadays it's more mentioned amongst couples. I think you always hear or just people. You know, you hear people talking much more openly than they did. 20, 30, 40 years ago? Maybe. Have you talked to your daughter about it yet? <laughs> Don't even go there, honey. Don't oh, even that go look there. Of panic was really quite oh. classic. Oh my God. I no. was wondering if we were going to need a medical professional. No, no it's. Um, uh, this, this Sorry, is, this I is didn't, mommy's no, no job. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here at the table with, with Ashley Manta, and um, I'm looking at, uh, at at what looks like, I don't know, some sort of interesting yarmulke on the table. And this <laughs> yarmulke turns out to be a, a purple, um, purple and purple. Um, satin embroidered. Uh, satin. Uh, uh, Handmade? Handmade oh. vulva puppet. I was going to say, you did not get that at the Muppet store. Nope. That's not one of the cute little Muppets <laughs> that, that, that would, um, you know, would run around. That, that is a, 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 uh, a female sexual organ puppet. Um, uh, from reading your website and your interviews, one of your points is that most women have never seen theirs. That's real. Most That's women real. have not seen theirs. Most people with vulvas generally, like it's hard because it's an in a largely internal. Like people with penises, it's it's external mostly. With vulvas, <laughs> it's mostly internal. And so you don't have to like glance right down and see it, especially if you're like me and you got a little bit of a tummy that you have to kind of like move out of the way to be able to see clearly. <laughs> I will tell you there are those guys among us who are, who do not spend their days looking at their um their organ, so it's. Uh, I mean, it's They're there. They're thinking about it. It's it's there, <laughs> but it's not. It's not like uh, it's noon. I think I'll look at my organ for a while. No, but you see it every time you go to the restroom. Yeah, unless you close your eyes. Unless you close uh, your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how did it, uh, you, you get into how it began? Yes. Um, did it begin with individual clients? With your consulting with them? Did it? Did did you immediately go into group? What? How? This this seems like it's a thing that would evolve slowly. It did evolve slowly. I've always been an educator, so public speaking was really where it started. I was doing workshops for college students and high school students about sexual violence prevention back in 2007, 2008. 
And from there, it grew into doing more workshops, like I said, that were more kind of fun focused. And coaching actually came later. And I love coaching. What I found when I was teaching in groups is that you kind of have to generalize a lot because when people are sitting in an audience in front of me, I never want someone to feel like I'm not talking to them. I don't want them to feel left out or othered or or otherwise kind of removed from from the conversation. And so I speak rather broadly and and paint in broad strokes. But because I have a philosophy background, I love nuance. So when I work with couples or individuals, I get to really deep dive on what's going on with them. I can give them very specific suggestions and support around the things that they want to change in their lives. Like what? Like the most important thing you can do is cultivate a regular masturbatory practice so that you know how you want to be touched. You know how these cannabis products work for you and what kinds of physiological changes they cause. And you are able to demonstrate to your partner how to touch you in ways that feel good and that you feel confident in your ability to bring yourself pleasure so that you're never reliant on someone else. You know that porn has changed that whole (laughs) dynamic, right? That um, you no longer have to go to a nasty little place on 42nd Street and put quarters into a slot to watch 30 seconds of, of of a grainy film. That you now just turn on your iPhone, your laptop, what have you. And there's stuff so gnarly that it's like, it's hard to believe what you're looking at. But I don't think she considers it gnarly, right? I don't consider it gnarly. (laughs) I I do. I'm pretty open-minded when it comes. And I love porn. Like, some of my dearest friends are porn performers. But what is important and what people don't realize is that when you're watching porn, you're essentially watching science fiction. Like, you would not watch The Fast and the Furious to learn how to drive. (laughs) Right? Right, right. right. Like, you are watching professionals on a closed course. And if you try to emulate those behaviors in real life, you are going to fall flat on your face because those folks have a crew. They've got lube tucked behind the the pillow. They've got, they've had a butt plug in all day. They're not just slamming it in cold. Like... These are professional athletes who have toned and refined their bodies in very specific ways to be appealing on a commercial level. And so when we see porn as education or we try to mirror that in our own lives, that's when we feel less than and disappointed and, oh, God, I can't do that. My my penis isn't that big. My pussy doesn't look like that. My, you know, I need more warm up than that. There must be something wrong with me. I must be broken. Like, no, 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 no. You would not watch Star Trek and be like, why can't I teleport? God damn it. Like, <laughs> that's a great uh, analogy. <laughs> no, it's um, also I'm, I'm getting to understand there's a certain amount of editing that goes on. Oh, my God. So much. And takes. Yeah. So many many takes. (laughs) They guy people with penises, specifically six cisgender heterosexual men in porn, have to be able to come on command. I've been on a lot of porn sites. They're like, "All right, pop shot time, ready, set, go," and it's just like, (laughs) is it like a meditative thing? You think? I mean, I'm sure they practice. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, (laughs) if they can't make it happen, they use Cetaphil to fake it. I I about say hair, um, like. Uh, shampoo, what have you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. it's it, Everything can be faked. They even have something called um, fipping, fake internal pop, where like if they can't come, they have it so that they're inside and they like, ugh, <laughs> and, and act like they're popping. 
And so it, it's all an illusion. And if you try to use that as some kind of benchmark for sexual success, you are always going to come up short. As it were. As it were. Yes. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, okay. So, so does cannabis have a special impact that nothing else has on sexuality? I wouldn't say that nothing else has it because I've had plenty of sex on psychedelics and that also does a lot of really cool things. But um, cannabis specifically, I think, addresses the things that often get in the well, way. Being drunk, for instance, does not really does help. Does not. Exactly. No. no. Alcohol and sex do not go well together. And I strongly encourage folks to not have drunk sex. But cannabis addresses the things that get in the way of pleasure, connection, intimacy. So what are the most common things that get in the way? Pain, anxiety, shame, um, Inhibitions in terms of like the things that you feel like you can't ask for or that you shouldn't ask for or that you don't get to have. And so whatever that thing is that's getting in the way, you can find a cannabis product that can start to help you through that mental block or now, physical. Are we talking smokables, edibles? Or does it not really matter? It does matter and it impacts the, the consumption method you choose and the cannabinoid breakdown of, of THC and CBD very much impact your experience. So you end up having to kind of find the strain or product and dosage and consumption method that works for the thing that you're trying to address. So for me, pain with penetration, that was not solved from smoking. That was solved by using this Foria oil on my vulva and letting it marinate because it really is more like a marinade than a lube. It's not like Sliquid is my lube of choice. I use their, their silicone lube all the time. Love it. Actually brought some for you. Oh, thank you. Both of all of you. Yeah, if you'd like to have cold. some, you know, it's, it's nice to, to share, but this is not lube. Like things are dry. I want them to be more slick. This is a pre lube that you allow time to have the cannabinoids actually absorb into the mucosa of the vulva, which is why it's so much more effective for vulvas than it and is And the for cannabinoids penises. are doing something cannabinoid ish. They are. They are working with your body's endocannabinoid system to um, heighten pleasure, decrease discomfort, decrease inflammation. Um, THC is a vasodilator, so it's bringing more blood flow to the area, which is um, something that mimics subjective arousal that you feel in your body. Often, uh, especially with vulvas, you start to feel kind of swollen and, and, and full and juicy, and that's lovely. And sometimes the juiciness doesn't even happen. Uh, Subjective arousal and wetness are only correlated about 10% of the time in vulva owners, which is why lube is so important. But like it gets things going in that capacity. But that, you know, smoking a joint doesn't do that for me in the same way. Smoking a joint's great for my head. Mm-hmm. If I am stressed, not the vajayjay, not not so much for me, and that's not to say for everybody. Some people do find more vulva responsiveness, and so that's why it's so important to masturbate and figure out what works for you. But for me, smoking is head. It's my anxiety is through the roof, and it helps kind of get that buzzy, intense. Oh my god, I can't get out of my head. I can't make these these to do lists turn off. Quiets that down, so I can be like ah. Yes, this is nice. Is there any actual research on this or is everything anecdotal here? It's sort of a both and. There's some research. A lot of it is even the research is self-reported data. So even that is somewhat anecdotal. Um, There is actually a company called Lioness that's doing some cool stuff. They have a vibrator that has sensors in it um, that measure pelvic floor contractions. 
and it feeds that information to a through a Bluetooth connection to an app on your phone where it will actually track. I was going to say, it, it goes to the phone. Sure oh does. my God. Yep. Better so sex through technology. And which is, you know, arguably more effective than trying to get someone to lay completely still in a functional MRI machine while high and masturbating. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a little challenging to, to make that work. And so this device uh, is really a really quite fascinating one to be able to see time to orgasm, the um, intensity of the orgasms, the space between like peaks and to be able to actually like look at that in a graph form and be able to compare and contrast. This is when I used this product, this strain, this topical, whatever. And so you can actually physiologically experience the results and then map them out in a graph form, which I'm a fucking nerd. So I love that concept. It's amazing. Did you try it and do it actually? I have done it and I've really been quite amazed with the results. That's That's astounding. Now, did you contact the company that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, their CEO is lovely. Her name is Liz, and they're doing some really interesting things. They just actually came out with an insights report where they analyzed both self-reported data from like 400 and some odd survey respondents and then actual data from 19 people who had the vibrator who used these various products and reported back their results. Or they could be like Alexa and just listen in. Right? That would be creepy. (laughs) Through your vagina. <laughs> it strikes it. me that the parts of of America, the parts of the world that would be interested in cannabis and sexuality are the parts of the world, like California, for instance, that are interested first in, in cannabis and where sexuality is less of a of a problematic issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be an individual problem, but it's not something that's as, as much hidden you know, behind curtains the way it is out there in, I know the places. Right. You know. Arkansas, let's say. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't flyover shaming, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And um, in, in, in places where, uh, uh, where, where, where people are shamed for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But they do what they're shamed for what they do outwardly, but then they do a bunch of other stuff behind closed doors. <laughs> it's true. And really, there are pockets of open-mindedness and pockets of closed-mindedness anywhere you go. Even in California, as as largely liberal as this state is, I've still run into plenty of people who are like, this is weird what you're doing. It's weird that you're talking about this. I'm really uncomfortable. I need you to stop. <laughs> like, And I honor that. I'm not trying to force this lifestyle or this perspective on anyone. I only want to talk to people who are a hell yes to this. I'm not trying to evangelize anything. Despite yeah. my high priestess moniker. Well, you know, I mean, California, I mean, we're here in Southern California, so our reputation for being fairly libertine is um, is not always the case, but, but it does exist. But I do remember um, not that terribly long ago um, driving out of Yosemite on a, on, on a Sunday morning, and there was a traffic jam. Yeah, it went through a little town. I go, what, what's, what's the other thing's backed up? And there were guys in white in white sheets giving out information packets to people passing through. And I go, I'm in California. What the heck? Right. What the heck? 
oh my god so it's you know our reputation is um is not universal indeed as it were you need only drive down hollywood boulevard and you see people holding signs with you know aborted fetuses on them and screaming about how god hates homosexuals which is just horrifying so it's it's everywhere and all except the end is near signs that (laughs) that 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 that, that computes pretty well i mean climate change is real (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah um so, so do you find companies? You mentioned one company that was that was doing research here, but are there company? And you mentioned Foria, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, are companies in general? Do they? Do they are they interesting lines of sexually companionable um, uh, products? They are, really are. Noticing are. that. Yes, I'm seeing a crossover in both the cannabis and the sexuality industry because I spend a lot of time. I got my start as a sex educator, so I spend time with adult manufacturers, toy companies, lube companies, and and those kinds of products, and also cannabis brands and and manufacturers. And both of them are starting to dip their toes into the other side. They're seeing where the crossover is and where people are very curious and hungry to start to combine these two quote unquote taboos and there's a lot of, of opportunity there. In fact, I'm actually going to be going out to Hedonism in Jamaica in the next few months to do a press tour, and they're going to be opening up like a dispensary on at the resort. No oh, wow. kidding. Which is so exciting. And I think you're, we're going to see more of that in the future. We're going to I see... actually been to Hedonism. I was there for spring break in oh my like college with my girlfriends. We stayed across the street, actually. It was kind of funny. That's it's an all-inclusive. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm so excited to they go. They don't include the clothes. Free, free, <laughs> free buffet. Clothes are the, not included everything else is yes it was cool though we were clothed but we were like in college and it was a totally like voyeuristic experience i plan to spend most of those five days as naked as possible all I think the time we just, i think we just went there to eat to be honest that's Isn't reasonable that weird uh-huh. in college i could see that i was not <laughs> quite as sexually adventurous in college as i am now um i guess <laughs> <laughs> meryl keeps getting the clamped uh, i want to know more about this the puppet. The pussy puppet. What would you like to know? How many iterations have you had? How many versions are there? Do you carry like one in your car? Is one in your purse? <laughs> this is the only one I have and the only one I've ever had. Uh, they does are she made... have a name? She does. Her name is Lilith. Lilith, yes. Because I'm also a witch. So, you know, <laughs> Lilith is my, my girl. They are made by a woman named Dory Lane. Uh, it is called the Wondrous Vulva Puppet. And it was actually designed to be a teaching tool. The reason that the outside is in velvet is because this is the outer labia is where the hair most frequently resides. The inner labia, as uh, you can see with the silky, satiny, is more smooth. Then you have the clitoral hood, the head of the clitoris. You even have the urethra and what would be the G-spot. Um, it's a little bit more forward than most people's, but it's good for visuals. The only thing that it lacks is the internal clit. So I have a necklace that has the internal clit Ah. on it um, because most people don't realize that the clit, what you see here is only about 10% of the overall mass of the clit. The rest of it's inside. It is pound for pound. It has as much erectile tissue as the penis. It's just internal. So it has a shaft that goes back. And then it splits down into two legs that are hugged by these two other structures called vestibular bulbs um, that are a cluster of erectile tissue that actually gets an erection. Clits get erections, just like penises get erections. And penises get wet, just like 
vulvas do. Um, that's what pre-cum is. So it's when we start to realize the amount of similarity between us, instead of treating us like we're from different planets, like it's really useful to look at the places where we're similar. Um, okay? But it doesn't talk. <laughs> it does not talk unless I, you know, do some yeah. kind of Julia child voice with it or something. She's not a ventriloquist. Also. I'm not a ventriloquist. That's, that's not one of my Or maybe she sets. is, and I just wouldn't that be amazing? I give great dirty talk, but I have to open my mouth. <laughs> but uh, so you but don't you don't have a magic penis puppet. I don't have a matching penis puppet, but I do have a rather detailed and largely uh, anatomically correct dildo with testicles that I use as my my penis model. Oh, you live an interesting life. <laughs> I <actually>. really do. <laughs> That's why um, I wanted her on the show. Hi. <laughs> I knew it should be informative and fun. Um, the term canisexual. Yes. Um, you own it. I do. I trademarked it federally and everything. Good for you. So do, you. do you do you put it on like, um, you know, socks and underwear and what have you? So do you have merch? <laughs> I do not have merch yet. No. I'm going to be doing some canisexual merchandise in the next year. That's kind of one of my plans for 2020. Meryl, are you trying to pre-order? <laughs> what would you like? A hat, perhaps? A Maybe a yarmulke? <laughs> a yarmulke. We're talking I about a yarmulke. A canisexual yarmulke would be pretty oh rad. Would you wear a vulva on your head? Um, or you would just drive one? You know, um, a friend bet me the other day that... Um, that Orthodox Jewish pornography did not exist. And to our 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 shock, we discovered it actually does. I bet you they're the dirtiest. Does not it's surprise not, me at all. There's not much of it, and it's mostly lesbian, but it's like, mm. oh my God, this is completely... Oh, that's what you do in your free time, right? It's completely. Well, it was. It was. You know, we're, we're, it was. A, it was an intellectual discussion. Thank you. That's amazing. But it was completely. It was pretty shocking. Um, uh, it was. You know, what, what? What can I tell you? I having watched the um, the Israeli um, ultra orthodox soap opera called uh, Shdissel, <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean the whole the whole mating process consists of meeting for a cup of tea with everyone having um, chaperones around them and you don't even shake hands. Wow. There's like, there's absolutely nothing. You're opening up a world here, Ashley. You <laughs> Thank are, you're you. wonderful. Uh, you can be found at, at canasexual.com. Yes. You Instagram, can also, um, Find me on Instagram at canasexual or uh, on Twitter at Ashley Manta. It's, um, it is a world of, it's what, a world that only, perhaps only you have explored so far. You may own this one. And so if couples want to consult from you, where yes. should, what's the best way? Your website? The best way is through my website. Um, you'll see on my website, I have a thing called uh, Elite Coaching, and it's about sexual self-mastery. And I love working with both individuals and couples, but especially couples. And it's just fun for me. And it's virtual. It's all through Skype and FaceTime. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can still work with me. Oh, so you don't have to show up at you your um, not. at your at your house. Yeah. And, oh, that's super cool. Yes. And, and much cooler. Thank you. <laughs> Ashley Manta, thank you so much. Canasexual, the America's high priestess of pleasure. It is an honor. It's Meryl Schindler. It's Joanna Belson. It's Phil Giangrande. Thank you, guys. Can, can we stop having our red faces now? Bye-bye. <laughs> Pine the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. 
highinthehogthepodcast.com. That's highinthehogthepodcast.com. Tell a friend.